grave danger. Is there another kind? You see, the useful idiots that the Soviet Union, that Lenin put into America, are now the useful idiots from the Chinese. U.S. President Joe Biden, who has had another week of gaffes, confused moments. Uh, uh, They're coming down on America like Pac-Man, eating us up alive. They're acting more as propagandists. Also, the science has changed. You know the Pac-Man game? Think of a Pac-Man game out of control. Sucking away at the foundation of America. If Russia pursues its aggression, it will face the massive consequences that... Because if they don't want you to believe something and they can cast doubt... We have no intention of fighting Russia. Sometimes confusion can actually be the goal. The goal. The goal. And as we've said all along... Confusion can actually be the goal. You know, one man I got to know a little bit more about during the pandemic was a man by the name of Robert Kennedy Jr. And he, of course, is the son of Robert Kennedy, uh, the man who got shot in 1968 in Los Angeles, former attorney general, and his brother, of course, uh, John Kennedy. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the nephew of John Kennedy, who at one time, of course, you know, was the president of these United States. Support any friend oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. This much we pledge and more. To those old allies whose cultural and spiritual origins we share, we pledge the loyalty of faithful friends. United, there is little we cannot do in a host of cooperative ventures. Divided, there is little we can do, for we dare not meet a powerful challenge at odds and split asunder. That's, of course, his inauguration from 1961, John Kennedy. I was only less than a year when he was shot, but boy, his legacy really lived on. I thought... You know, for a man who was such a great president, that's what convinced me early on when I started to have political ideas. That was the guy I wanted to be. That was the guy that told us to go to the moon, that he would make it happen. Uh, And then I learned later that he was against the escalation of the Vietnamese War, Vietnam War. And man, that had such a tremendous impact when he was shot. And I've actually been, maybe you have too, you've gone to the place in Dallas uh, where he was shot I've stood at that spot and I've looked up at the tower where the bullets came from an amazing man just an amazing man so it gives me great joy even though I am conservative that Robert Kennedy has decided to throw his hat in and run against Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee for the presidency in 2024 and like I said during the pandemic by the way if you've just joined us Welcome to Speaking Out. Uh, I am your host, JR, here for you Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific on the CRN Talk Network. And I'm a proud member of this organization, and I love it, and I thank them for giving me an opportunity to talk to you around the country. It's also available on your smartphone, crntalk.com. Look for the app. And so back to Robert Kennedy. He has announced, in case you haven't heard, the 69-year-old, the son of assassinated Senator Robert F. Kennedy and the nephew of Robert John Kennedy. Uh, The environmental lawyer's campaign treasurer, John Sullivan, confirmed the filing on Wednesday. Mr. Kennedy is an outspoken anti-vaccine campaigner. Instagram removed his account in 2021 for repeatedly sharing debunked claims, which is not true. 
This is, by the way, written by Chloe Kim from BBC. Always got to consider the source. President Joe Biden has indicated he will run for re-election, though he has not yet formally declared it. The only other person now is Marianne Williamson, who is running, but there'll be others. But what I like about Kennedy is that he took the pharmaceutical companies head on and many of the, in fact, all of the concerns that he had expressed about the efficacy and of the safety of these new mRNA vaccines have, have panned out. There are now investigations. There are obfuscations. And by the way, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who retired earlier from 40 years of service, uh, has now taken a job with a, on, on an advisory board over there in Italy uh, on some pharmaceutical company over there. So he'll make a lot of money and show up once a week and kind of throw his opinion around. So he'll continue to benefit from his rise to stardom. He'll continue to generate revenue and he'll pull a nice pension from the U.S. thanks to you and me. And he wrote the real, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. wrote the real Anthony Fauci. And I read that book and it was unbelievable. Some of the things that, that he wrote, Un- the criminal, absolutely criminal. And a little bit later in the hour, we'll talk about how that criminality is continuing because of COVID and all the things that we learned about our government and what they like to do to us. Anyway, Robert Kennedy Jr. to me is an interesting bag because he is a Democrat. He's the Democrat that we used to like when we used to like Democrats. We liked Robert Kennedy. I think Robert Kennedy was, I mean, Bill Clinton was kind of like a John Kennedy Democrat. You know, the kind of Democrats that we liked, not the new Democrats that are really just been hijacked by the radical progressives who want to fundamentally change the temperature of the earth. Uh, and so I think it's great. I, I like this guy. I, I, I'm i not saying I would vote for him, but I would say that if I was a Democrat, I would look at this as a white flag, you know? Because if he's the if he's the John Kennedy Democrat that I think he is, because he's even willing to stand up against those institutions that have long favored their partnerships with Democrats, and he's not afraid to say, you know what, this is not this is harming our children, and we need to stop. He also, by the way, uh, as I mentioned, is part of the uh, Children's Health Defense, and he has yeah he was a skeptic of the COVID. Vaccines, who wasn't? Who sh- You should have been. Anybody who wasn't suspicious of the COVID vaccines should have been. Anyone who was uh, not suspicious of the data that the government was giving us should have been. The, the great lesson of the COVID-19 is that we all put our guard down because we were so frightened from the mass media hysteria that was being promoted. Yeah, so... I think that Robert Kennedy Jr. kind of puts that spark back in to politics that has been missing for the last 15 years. Well, certainly going back to 2008. And you know, there was a bombshell report today that I'll probably get to in the next segment. And it's it's in the news. CBS first reported it. Other papers picked it up. I found out about it on was it uh, town hall earlier this morning? But there was a Chinese CCP activist who was funneling allegedly 
upwards to $20 million into the Obama campaign in 2012. And I'll get to that story. But basically, Obama, if that's true, never declared it, which would be a violation of campaign finance laws. Gee, doesn't that sound interesting? We'll get to that. But just reiterating again that Robert Kennedy Jr. is the Democrat that I, that's, that's how I would define a Democrat. Listen to the words of John Kennedy, because it's been a long time, and I don't know if uh, Robert has that same oratorical skill, but, you know, he's an offspring. He's, he's a nephew. That's pretty close genetically. I wonder how he would sound if he was all fired up and he was writing speeches. He's a great writer. And you should read The Real Anthony Fauci if you get a chance. That alone will perhaps even make you decide that maybe this guy's got some uh, chutzpah. Maybe this, maybe this is the ticket. Maybe this is the answer to the Democrats' prayer of, oh, God, please, we've got to get rid of Joe. Listen to John Kennedy from 1961. To those people in the huts and villages of half the globe struggling to break the bonds of mass misery, we pledge our best efforts to help them help themselves. For whatever period is required, not because the communists may be doing it, not because we seek their votes, but because it is right. If a free society cannot help the many who are poor, it cannot save the few who are rich. That is a, uh, that's a true Democrat. Uh, at least that's the, the compassionate Democrat that I grew up admiring. Not people that just are about bathrooms and gender fluidity, which came along much later. But see, here's the thing, and, it's, and this is why it's unfortunate, because if I had to choose, and, and Trump wasn't my choice, for some reason, if he wasn't able to make it on the ballot between now and then, who knows what's going to happen. And oh, by the way, this, this uh, court case against Trump is going to fizzle. He's not going even back. They're not even going back into court till December. That's six months away from now. Nobody's going to care. But the liberal media will keep pumping the Trump story as much as they can to get as much out of it as they can. And that's what they're going to do to try to keep ratings. And it'll backfire because all it does is keep Trump in the public eye. But let's say, for for example, that Trump wasn't on the ticket. You know, I'm depending on what his platform was, would I be wrong for wanting to have Robert Kennedy as a... If I was a Democrat, wouldn't it be better for me to have a true Democrat in the White House rather than this other kind of Democrat that we have? Wouldn't it be great to have a Kennedy back in the White House? I think it would be. In a moment, we'll play a little bit more from John Kennedy going all the way back to that wonderful period when when Democrats were actually decent people. Not like the, what you got today. You're listening to Speaking Out America with your host, JR. Our website, speakingoutamerica.com. We will continue. There's a lot, a lot. Do you hear the latest about Obama getting some infusion? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Speaking Out. Your host, JR, our website, speakingoutamerica.com. The podcast is also archived on our website as well as on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TuneIn, Stitcher, all the usual places where you find excellent uh, podcasts. And, of course, we're here for you Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific on crntalk.com. And uh, it's good to have you here. And we were talking a little bit about Robert Kennedy. We'll just kind of close that out. He announced his intent to run for presidency for the Democratic Party. He will be running against Joe Biden. He's one of the few Democrats that realizes that we're in trouble with this man. And thankfully, uh, a lot, I think, uh, there are still a lot of people old enough to remember what true Democrats look like. And they were a pretty good bunch. Uh, and then something went horribly wrong when it got taken over by the progressives, the neo-progressives, starting with Obama. And it's gone downhill ever since. I mean, compar- comparatively speaking, Bill Clinton was a holiday. Anyway, I want to play a little bit more from John Kennedy the president from 1961 and his speech, his inauguration speech, number one, because it makes me feel good and it makes me feel that there is hope. And number two, I hope the hell that Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr. gets the nod, but he's not, he's not because his own people, the, the, the liberal progressives in the democratic party have already started to, to attack him. They're, t- they're attacking their own guy. They're attacking guy who is, who's got a history of standing up against uh, uh, corporations who harm American citizens, who are a real threat to the American way of life. So you got a Democrat who is a true Democrat, and you've already got The Guardian uh, here, the BBC, and the first thing they bring up is, oh, he was an anti-vaxxer. Oh, we can't have that guy. He was an anti-vaxxer. He was running around telling everybody, hey, you shouldn't vaccinate your children. We can't have that kind of guy. And it turns out that he's right. They stopped vaccinating children in the UK and in Europe and Germany. Heads of, uh, of medical boards in Germany have said, we can't do this to our children. There's too much we don't know. And the risk of them contracting COVID is way too minor for us to be injecting them. But our American media doesn't report it. So you think everything is status quo. But Robert Kennedy knew. Robert Kennedy knows. He fights for the Children's Health Defense. He, he raises money for this organization. And it's not just about COVID either. He's been in this fight for a long time to protect children from overzealous pharmaceutical companies who really want to make as much money as they can. And I, and I would imagine that he is probably against, although I haven't seen anything, but I'm sure that Bob Kennedy Jr. is probably against transgender surgery for minors. For the same reasons, by the way, because there's no evidence to show that any child under the age of 16 who could claim they're in the, in the wrong body, there's no scientific evidence to prove that that is a correct self-diagnosis. I mean, we're still talking about gender dysphoria, especially with children. They're in that period where their minds are not fully developed. And people like Bob Kennedy know this. People like me know this. It's common sense, but not to the left. To the left, they'd rather praise Dylan Mulvaney and call her a god, which is what they're doing. They're praising this woman. Did you hear the latest? Where is that story? I'll find it here. And I do want to get to the uh, Leo DiCaprio story. Uh, but think about this. Here's here's this, this former man who now adopts 
And he says, I'm going through my transition. Where is that story? Here it is. Who's this guy, Dylan Mulvaney, and why is she suddenly everywhere? Uh, advertiser's new favorite spokesman is transgender, and critics are not happy about it. Dylan Mulvaney, 26, transitioned from male to female beginning in March 2021. I think we might have that audio. Where is that? If we could find that audio. Now there's another Nike. Nike has just done a deal. Bud Light did a campaign to authenticate, whatever that means, make a connection with their their people that buy their beer. And now she's, he is, she uh, is done a deal with Nike to model uh, their sports apparel. Critics call it a slap in the face. You know that Dylan's father uh, is, or grandfather is James Mulvaney Sr., who died in 87, or at the age of 87 in 2010. He was a lawyer. He was an investment banker and president of the old San Diego Padres baseball team and later became the vice president and general counsel of the Padres when they entered the National League. Uh, Mulvaney also was involved with Westgate, which is a company that was a very early supporter of Richard Nixon. Smith's empire collapsed in 1973 when his bank, the U.S. National Bank, where James Mulvaney Sr. was president for uh, a while and collapsed. And so the grandchild is Dylan, the transgender who's parading around as if she is a woman because she relates or identifies as being a woman. And now she's everywhere. All of these corporations are endorsing this gender dysphoria. This, if you've ever seen, she's, she's quite comical, frankly. I mean, I, I actually, uh, you know, I feel kind of guilty because I find her so comical. I mean, she really is just something else. It almost, to me, it's almost like she's making fun of transgenderism. She's playing up to the stereotype. But you know what? People are going to not buy Nike tennis shoes now. You know, there's been a 75% drop-off in bud sales in the last two weeks, as reported, because people didn't want to see Dylan Mulvaney transition right before their eyes. They have other things to do than to sit around and watch boys turn into girls overnight to the applause of the people who are entertained. And that's what this is all about. It's about being entertained. So I don't know what Bob uh, Kennedy Jr.'s position is, but if he's consistent with his position on COVID vaccines, I can guarantee you the, the left will go after this guy. Uh, his, his candidacy will never see the light of day because the left is focused and obsessed with narcissism. Uh, under the guise of LGBTQ virtue. So I wish Bob Kennedy all the luck in the world because I think this government, this country would probably benefit from this kind of leadership. But neither can two great and powerful groups of nations take comfort from our present course, both sides overburdened by the cost of modern weapons, both rightly alarmed by the steady spread of the deadly atom, yet both racing to alter that uncertain balance of terror that stays the hand of mankind's final war. He, of course, is talking about the nuclear standoff between Russia and the United States of all countries. Remembering on both sides 
that civility is not a sign of weakness and sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear, but let us never fear to negotiate. And that, of course, the voice of a leader. Oh, man, we need leaders. We need good leaders, don't we? And isn't it interesting, Zelensky reportedly saying today that he's willing to give up Crimea after all, and he may withdraw from Bakhmut. So maybe the war is getting to the stage over in Europe where negotiation for peace is the only thing left for Biden to consider. I hope so. You're listening to Speaking Out America. I'll be back. You know, the Red Fox is one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid. I think he and Carol O'Connor were the two highest paid actors during the 70s when they both had hit TV shows. Back when they weren't talking about glass ceilings and barriers being broken all the time, which just makes me sick. Not because I I don't applaud people who uh, uh, have great success. I'm always happy when someone has great success. But the minute that you start congratulating them because they had great success because they were a woman or because they were black or because they were of some descent of some other country, then that's where it stops because that had nothing to do with this. Uh, and unfortunately we live in a world now where everybody gets a special achievement award just for showing up. I tell you who got a special achievement award for just showing up. And, uh, you're not going to believe when I tell you this story at first, I thought it was, no, nah, this can't be real. Welcome back to speaking out America. I'm JR. Don't forget our website, speakingoutamerica.com. We archive all of our shows there, so if you want to recommend the show to a friend, you can tell them to tune in Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. on crntalk.com. Or you can go to the website, speakingoutamerica.com, and you can listen to the archive podcast. Or you can go to Spotify or iTunes or any of your favorite uh, podcast platforms, and the shows are there. Headline reads, Leonardo DiCaprio testifies Obama received millions in stolen CCP cash from Fuji's founder, Fuji's, 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 founder, Praz Michel. Uh, This is Kevin Downey Jr., News and Politics, but I believe it first was reported on CBS News, and it's out there. But a lot of uh, your traditional media doesn't seem to be covering it just yet. But here's the story. Actor Leonardo DiCaprio took the stand and testified in the federal trial of Prakazrel Praz Michel, founder of the hip-hop band Fugies, and his alleged involvement in a money-laundering scheme that included a huge and illegal donation to Barack Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. The story goes, DiCaprio recalled a conversation with Malaysian financier Joe Lowe, who mentioned that he was looking to donate millions of dollars to the Obama campaign by giving the money to Michelle and having him pass it on to Obama's people. Lowe was sentenced in absentia to a 10-year sentence in a Kuwaiti court for his role in laundering roughly $1 billion of almost $4.5 billion worth of Chinese currency. He allegedly swindled in what's known as the Malaysia Development 
Bearhead scandal. The same Lowe claimed that he wanted to donate between 20 and $30 million to Obama. Uh, it is illegal, by the way, for American presidential candidates to accept donations from foreigners. Now, the Department of Justice charged Lowe for trying to donate money to lobby the Trump administration, hoping to have the charges against him relating to the Malaysia development Burhat scandal dropped. Lowe is on the lam and is believed to be hiding in either China or Macau. China denies harboring him. Quote, it was a significant sum, something to the tune of 20 to $30 million DiCaprio testified in court, which means it is of the public record. And then he followed up and said, I said that's a lot of money. Wow. Additional witnesses testified that they were wired money from Lowe and asked to forward it to the Obama campaign. Michelle allegedly took the mad stacks from Lowe and used them to lobby Obama's government on behalf of Lowe and the Chinese Communist Party. He distributed $21.6 million to American straw donors who would then donate it to the Obama campaign, concealing the fact that the money came from Lowe. Michelle paid a whopping $70 million, was paid a whopping $70 million for his role in the multi-million dollar donation scheme and for his role in the Trump donation scandal that never went anywhere. Michelle's defense attorney subpoenaed former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie as well as former Presidents Obama and Trump. U.S. Court Judge Colleen Collera Catelli wouldn't allow it. Michelle was hit with 11 counts in both the Obama and Trump donations affair. If found guilty on all counts, Michelle is looking at a possible of 22 years uh, in federal prison. And that's what we know so far. But he's on the lam. Uh, And we won't, is there a way that they could find out where all that money might have funneled its way to? Is there a way for for them to determine whether or not Obama received any of that money and declared it? It's a lot of money, $20 million. Uh, and if it was $20 million, where did the money go? Now, there's no will right now, uh, at least from the Democrats, to ever look into this. But it's interesting because they're going to charge this man with a crime that could put him in jail for a long time. But if he was successful in that crime and the Obama people uh, did what they were told, then there's 20 to $30 million out there. And DiCaprio, of all people, isn't that strange? It's because he's a big Obama donor. You know, you could make the speculation, did, did Leonardo get money? Did he pass it along? Did When he gave money to the Obama uh, Hush Trust Fund for his presidential reelection in 2012, how much of it was his? Maybe it came from this Joe Lowe, who's on the down low in China somewhere. Uh, and again, maybe it's because it's such an old case and nobody wants to look into it. I'm not sure. But I, I have to believe that there's something more to this. Because why else would they subpoena Trump and Biden and all these other people? Well, not Biden. Biden's probably looking at this going, boy, how come I didn't get in on this? You know, or maybe he did. But it just shows you the the level of corruption that we have in our system. 
nowadays. And, um, you know, the question moving forward is, can we even trust our, our justice department? Okay. So here's another one that just really, really burns me up. So there was a point when the CDC had, had made confirmations that they wanted to track people who did not get vaccinated. Uh, the story goes that medical codes were introduced during the COVID-19 pandemic to show when people are unvaccinated or under-vaccinated for COVID-19, and they were used, they used this coding to track people during the, the pandemic. And, and their logic was we have to keep track of people who haven't been vaccinated because they could pose a risk in, in spreading COVID-19. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention made the confirmation in emails that the Epoch Times obtained to a Freedom of Information Act request. The CDC had said in documents and public statements that the goal of the new codes in the International Classification of Diseases, ICD, the ICD system, was to track people who are not immunized or only partially immunized. The CDC says now it does not have access to that data and they don't continue to use it, but that healthcare systems do. In specific, in California, the ICD codes were implemented in April uh, 2022, that's uh, last year. However, the CDC does not have any idea or data on the codes and does not track this information, but someone else does. You know who that someone else is? Try Kaiser Permanente in California, one of the largest healthcare organizations. The CDC, according to uh, comments made, people who are identified as unvaccinated or undervaccinated, quote, would help health insurance providers identify emolies who may benefit from outreach and further education about vaccination. That, according to Daniel Lloyd, a senior vice president at America's Health Insurance Plans. And Adam Meyer, senior vice president of Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, who also said in a joint letter, creating ICD-10 codes that can be tracked via claims would provide health insurance providers key information to help increase immunization rates. So we're going to stop right there. I want to continue this because it's very important what they're saying here. They took the COVID pandemic and figured out a way to track people who were not getting vaccinated and they're still doing it today. Why do you think that is? We'll explore that in just a moment. A little boogie Little Boogie Boogie with Stu. I used to love this from the Physical Graffiti album from Led Zeppelin. What a band. This is like fine wine. Led Zeppelin is like fine wine, you know. As you get older, you appreciate it. It, it dates pretty well. Some of it. Some of it. Oh, I can't hear that song one more time. How many times do I have to hear Stairway to Heaven? I don't want to hear it anymore. But I do like Boogie with Stu. Anyway, so we're talking about what happened after. Welcome back to Speaking Out America with your host, JR, we're talking about what happened after the CDC started collecting data on people who weren't getting vaccinated as a sort of preemptive preventive help to track people because it, in the early stages, nobody knew how dangerous it was and maybe they could somehow morally justify for the greater good. But, you know, there is a thing called HIPAA laws. HIPAA laws are very strict and it basically 
and 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 they were created during the uh, when there was an AIDS and, uh, pandemic, and it was a way to give comfort to people who were infected with HIV to have uh, discretion between they and their doctors, and no one would have access to your medical records because back then they were worried that if you had AIDS, people would assume that you were gay or that it, if that got out, it could ruin your reputation or it could ruin your family or whatever it is, whatever reason it was to keep you from being outed. And so they came up with these, uh, what they call HIPAA laws. And a lot of times when you go in and, and you see a doctor, you have to sign off your rights that if they want to share that, uh, information, they're allowed to with specific people. But it's still a very highly enforced law, and its design is to protect you. So now that the CDC no longer tracks people, they did give the ICD data to health systems uh, for practical reasons, so that doctors could monitor the health of their patients, perhaps, or make sure that they were taking their drugs, or, or at least know whether or not they've been vaccinated for healthcare purposes that they don't quite explain. But the, the problem is, is that the insurance companies are now using the data where it says identifying, identifying people who are unvaccinated or undervaccinated for COVID-19, quote, would help health insurance providers identify people who may benefit from outreach and further education about vaccination. So you could argue that what the health insurance agencies were doing was either sending information or contacting people who hadn't been vaccinated now, did the people who they were contacting know that they were being singled out? Daniel Lloyd, Senior Vice President of America's Health Insurance Plans, doesn't say. In another missive, uh, Nancy Anderson, a director with Kaiser Permanente Health Plan and Hospitals, and Eric Eastham, Executive Director at the Permanente Federation LLC, told the CDC, quote, These codes provide valuable data for understanding immunization rates and for follow-up under under immunized patients. Uh, Anderson and Eastham urged the CDC to advise providers entering one of the new codes to also enter an additional code indicating why a person was unvaccinated or undervaccinated, with reasons including due to a contraindication or due to belief or group pressure. Uh, And it goes on to say that the codes are part of the ICD's 10th edition. The World Health Organization of the United Nations holds the copyright for ICD-10, but has allowed the U.S. government to adopt the edition, according to the CDC. The new codes are not part of the World Health Organization's ICD. So do you like the idea that if you don't get a vaccination, your own government or your health insurance provider is going to track you? that our own government signed up for this when they didn't even have to. And now this information follows you around. So wherever you go, your doctor might be looking at a piece of paper that says, be careful. This guy didn't get vaccinated because he's MAGA or because he doubts the healthcare system. Hey, what happens if they want to deny services to you? Or what happens if the health agency decides that, or your insurance agency decides that because they know you didn't get a vaccination, you shouldn't benefit from getting treatment for something that may have been preventable had you taken the vaccination. You see where this goes? 
You can pick and choose. Oh, well, we'll punish this person for not taking the vaccine, for not being compliant. And how will we punish them? We'll punish them financially. Healthcare officials largely said that they are supporting adding the codes because being unvaccinated or undervaccinated was, quote, a risk factor. Many of the uh, medical agencies supported the news co- new codes for under immunization for COVID status because being unvaccinated or partially vaccinated because the status is a health risk factor. Now, this is all moot at this point because we know now that COVID has been around so much that uh, herd immunity has probably set in. It would be probably physically or scientifically impossible unless you lived in a remote village in Naknook Village, Yukon. Uh, it would be virtually impossible for you not to have come into contact with COVID at this point, unless you're a hermit living in Siberia. You have probably come into contact with it, and you may not even have known it. In fact, 99.7% of people who come into contact with COVID don't even know that they have it because it comes in, your body does its trick and then it goes away. And then if there's no stronger strain that emerges later, your body probably is already immune. This is all verifiable by the way, but not for the health insurance companies. They want to keep, they want to keep tabs. Just, it's just such a abuse of power. And by the way, the CDC has refused to answer questions from members of Congress about the codes. Representative Chip Roy of Texas and nine other members said that they were concerned about the federal government apparently gathering data on the personal choices of Americans and said that they believe that the data serves no sincere purpose in treating patients' medical conditions. Of course not. And the real hypocrisy here is if you have an adverse effect from the vaccine, your health care provider will probably deny that that's possible. And they'll just write on your chart, real kook. So if you've gotten a vaccination shot, had an adverse effect, your doctor's not going to even acknowledge it. The doctor would acknowledge that it's a good thing that you got your vaccination. But they might say something like, well, there's really no evidence to show that the effect that you had, the myocarditis or your the fact that you can't lift your left arm or the fact that half your face is droopy, that has nothing to do with the vaccine. You probably picked up the shingles because you didn't get your shingles shot. And then, of course, you know, you've got the insurance companies. Oh, they care so much about you. They want to make sure that you're okay. And what they're really doing is bypassing your doctor to get information on your health and whether or not you had a vaccine. And if you haven't had a vaccine and you suffer from something that could be COVID-related, well, could they deny coverage? Could they say it was your negligence? You put yourself at risk by not getting the government Band-a- mandated, uh, you see where this goes? What happens when the next so-called pandemic comes? Maybe it'll be a, a form of Marburg's disease. That's what they're worried about now. Marburg's disease, which is Ebola-like. Uh, you know, are they going to come up with another mRNA vaccine and force all of us to take it, whether we like it or not? But by this time, we'll have something installed on our phones so that if we don't get our initial vaccine and we don't get our boosters that will be prohibited from traveling because we pose a safety risk. Do you see where this goes? That's where it goes. 
Roy said, I have asked five simple questions about the CDC's unprecedented tracking of why Americans declined the COVID-19 vaccine. The CDC has so far refused to answer these basic questions. The American people deserve answers on what data CDC is gathering on Americans. Why? End quote. That's Roy. Chip Roy told, telling the Epoch Times. Quote, the American people deserve to know what the CDC is doing with their personal data. It has now been more than a month and a half, and the CDC still refuses to tell us why it is tracking Americans for not taking the COVID-19 vaccine. The CDC must be held accountable to the American taxpayer, end quote, Chip Roy. Even Congress is, is demanding that the CDC fess up. And now you've got insurance companies, Blue, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Kaiser Permanente. I think Kaiser Permanente is the largest health care group in the state of California. Now, most Californians won't even object to any of this because they're so frightened. There are still people, believe it or not, wearing masks in California, riding their cars with windows rolled up, living in fear, living in absolute fear of a virus. These people are easily going to be compliant the next time. These, these are the same people who mask up their children when they send them to schools and they teach them to fear getting close with other people. These people are going to be developing emotional disorders that are going to last long into the rest of their lives. You can see these kinds of people that have been so ginned up on the fear that they're going to lock themselves in their homes and they're going to live in isolation just to be safe. And I'm afraid that those people are exactly what the government wants from all of us. Out of safety and precaution and the greater good, they're going to tell us, no, you got to take the vaccine and we're going to track you. And if you don't do it, you're going to be deemed a health risk. We already had a a run-up to this. We already had a dress rehearsal for this. And it is shocking to me that an agency that is funded by the American taxpayer is not responding to questions by our elected officials, our members of Congress. That's tragic. And that has to change. Bringing it to you because it does have an impact on your life. This is Speaking Out America. If you want to email the show, speakingoutamerica at gmail.com. Our website, speakingoutamerica.com. Our podcast, yeah, you guessed it. Until next time, be safe.